It's episode 108 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. I think that's an auspicious number and I'm feeling auspicious this week, Scotty. How about you? I'm feeling lucky, Mel, because eight is a lucky number in some cultures, traditions. I think it's the Chinese. They, they go mad for a bit of the eight and we're on 108. How good is that? 108. Loving it. What, what's been going on in your world this week, Scotty? Um, I'm back at home, back at Mel- in Melbourne, back at work. I've, I've pulled a muscle in my back breathing. Oh, no. Bit, bit in the wars again, but just, um, just happy to be back to normal life. Always awkward when you pull a muscle from breathing. Yeah. Because it's kind of an integral part of life. I have a knack for hurting myself in places that makes it really painful and uncomfortable for all other aspects of my life. So as we, <laughs> as we famously and fondly recall of me falling over last year and, and doing some damage on my ribs, yep. that stays with you for months. And now I've managed to do something with my back, which is going to stay with me for months. It's kind of like a paper cut. They're never in a convenient spot, are they? No, no. But I guess there's never really a convenient spot to be paper cut or injured for that matter. Well, I'm sorry to hear that you've got some niggles. How is that affecting your marathon training? Well, I, I hurt myself running. I think I breathed too hard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is, that a, that's a, is that a good sign? I'm not sure. Uh, so you're calling this a running injury? <laughs> you, br- you breathed too hard? You brothed? Brothed too hard, yeah. <laughs> But apart from that, marathon training's on fire. It's great. Excellent. You're not missing. You're not missing training runs now. No, not at all. I had a, I had a great two weeks up in Bright, and um, hey, I got to run with Matt. Remember oh. Matt from a couple of weeks ago? He came back to town, and my goodness, he tried a few excuses on, but <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. He said, "Oh, my watch is flat." I said, and luckily I brought two with me. On holidays, I said, "Don't worry, I'll lend you one of mine." And um, does he not run without a watch? I don't think so. He, this is the other thing. So he he has to have a watch, but everything on Strava is private, so you can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, giving, I'm, giving, him. I'm giving away too many secrets. But anyway, he he went for a run with me, and it was everything that I could have imagined. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and, and more? Well, the other thing is I also fell over. <laughs> oh, far out, Scotty. We can't take you anywhere, can we? No, so Bright, we, I said I said to him, I just want to keep to the, the bike tracks and paths and keep it nice and tame. And about 2K in, he goes, oh, let's turn off here. And, of course, let's turn off here is turn off into the pine plantations, onto the trails and, you know... I'm not going to deny it. I actually prefer to run on them. Like they're, in, it's a nicer place to run, but within a of cup, <laughs> but within a couple of kilometres, uh, over I go. No, no, I want to use kilometer because that <laughs> is the best word that you've come up with on the podcast. A couple of kilometres is a kilometer. <laughs> That's going straight to the dictionary. There that one. Go. Okay, I'll leave that in just for you. <laughs> but, but I'm getting better at falling over because I could have done, damaged myself, but I managed to fall and fall on the grass, on the soft grassy bit. 
But if I'd moved a few inches to the left, I probably would have broken another couple of ribs. Oh, far out. Well, at least you're, you know, aiming your falls a little bit better now. That's progress. So that was all good. And then we, we, we went to a new park run on Saturday. I ventured down to Lakes Entrance, which was lovely. Lovely run by the water, out and back, out and back. I ran walked with Kasha. And, um, yep, it's another event on my most events list that we've stopped keeping track of. But I think I'm catching you because... Where did you go? Well, you're catching up to me on the Aussie most events list because I was a little bit overseas on the weekends getting my first international park run in. Super exciting. So you finally do what I tell you to do. (laughs) I said look up flights, get to Malaysia, and you did it. Made it happen. Mm. Yes, it was a whirlwind trip and we're back in Australia now. But it was it was great fun. I don't want to hear about the trip. I don't want to hear about the park run. How do you say the park run name? That was your only task. Tamanpudu Ulu. That's how you say the name. But I want to go back to this whole watch thing, this watch scenario, because while I was away, I I had a bit of an experience. So, you know, I'm I'm a bit backwards with this whole Strava situation and things like that and I didn't take a GPS watch with me to Malaysia because it just didn't even occur to me I haven't run with one for a while and but I was determined to Strava my my run my walk I sort of yeah I walked mostly at at Malaysia and it didn't occur to me that international roaming data gps etc etc possibly not the smartest decision when you're going to take about 50 minutes to do a park run and so i strived it on my phone as you do which had been on airplane mode the rest of the trip because telstra had sent me this text about how extortionate the prices for data usage on international roaming were and i thought no i'm not going to have a bar at that and um, at the end, the Strava thing came up with the finish, like it was perfectly 5K. I was happy with all that. But of course, I hadn't taken any photos yet. So, and this is where I come undone all the time, it seems. So I didn't save the activity yet. I took some photos to attach to said saved activity or or suspended let's call it suspended until you click that magic finish button and I was going to do it later and then when I remembered I went back to Strava to do it and the activity was gone completely disappeared and I I just had visions of Shell Harbour all over again when we were at North Wollongong and did that 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 run and it wasn't there and only this was worse because I had also received a text from Telstra telling me that I had used a good hundred dollars worth approximately of charge <laughs> and I thought no this was the most expensive Strava run I'd ever done and it wasn't even saved I don't have the map of my only international park run but you have the bill to prove it. <laughs> but the bill doesn't look the same. It just goes up. It doesn't go around. And oh, Scotty. 
I couldn't believe it. But by some miracle, and see, this is the thing. I had Adam looking at my phone and going through all of my Strava stuff looking for this activity couldn't find it. I had Harry, who is the event direct, co-event director at um, Tamanpuru Ulu. He's very tech savvy. We're going to be chatting to him a little bit later. He uh, he looked at it. He couldn't find it for me. And, you know, I was just devastated. But when I got back to Australia, and so I, I put my phone in desolation back on airplane mode and just didn't even look at it again for the rest of the trip. But when I got back to Australia and I took it off, airplane mode. I don't know what I was doing, but I noticed that there uh, there was a little notification up in the corner of my Strava. So I clicked on it to see what it was, whether or not it was a friend that I needed to give kudos. And my activity was there. And it was just waiting with the little finish button. I was like, no way. So I think it was either, no, it must have been, we didn't get home till like four o'clock in the morning on Monday. After I woke up, having had a very big sleep later, and I discovered it, I was just like froze solid and showed Adam and he came over and I wouldn't let him touch my phone and I was able to save my activity. So it was there. I don't know where it disappeared to all that time. Possibly because of the international roaming. It was in the space-time continuum of the of the dateline, international dateline or something. I don't know. Well, I'm relieved for you, Mel. It was a great story up until the point where you didn't have it. But I, I did recall seeing it on Strava. So now the mystery is solved there. Yes, yes. I was surprised, actually, because I thought if you if you uploaded Strava uh, activities a couple of days after you'd done them, I didn't think they showed up in people's feeds as, like, new because everything else gets superseded. Strava is a mystery too, but this is this is your task for this week. Oh God! Yeah, well, go on. I'm, we're gonna we're gonna be together again on the weekend. I want you to bring a watch that was given to you, and I'm gonna <laughs> show you how to sync it to your mobile phone, so you won't have to worry about the Strava app and getting one hundred alert phone bills when you're overseas because you're going overseas again, and I don't want you to have this happen when you're running around a U.S. park run. We want to see it. That that does sound like a good plan. However, I suppose you, you're going to expect me to, like, charge it and things like that too. Small, small things. Baby <laughs> steps. Baby steps. If you could charge it, that's a start. Okay. I'll take care of the rest. All right. I will, I will see if I can remember to do all of those things. We have a very exciting guest to speak to next. He comes from across the way, across the, the waters and across the islands. His name is Haneshpal Karamjit Singh and he is co-ED at Tamanpudu Ulu Parkrun in Malaysia, the newest parkrun country to join the global family. He goes by the name, very commonly, Harry, so we're going to call him Harry. Harry, welcome to the Parkrun Adventurous podcast. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. You launched the first Parkrun event in Malaysia last week. Can you tell us what that felt like? Well, it was like uh, like I've been saying to 
many of the others on Slack that uh, we always had a dream that, you know, the Malaysian flag to be associated with Pakran and the Pakran flag to be associated with Malaysia. It was very nice that we brought the Malaysian flag together with us at the launch at Taman Pudulu. I felt, you know, I felt very proud that finally, finally that uh, Pakran agreed to let Pakran operate in Malaysia. And it is a lot of pride for me being Malaysian, running for a few years in the UK. I've done 101 park runs uh, across six countries, but never in my own. And to be a co-run director on that day and flagging off the park run, it was a big sense of pride for me. Harry, can you take us back? Because you've been working on it for a while and your team has been working on it for a while. You've got some help. Can you take us back to the very start of the idea of bringing Parkrun to Malaysia and how it came about? Well, uh, at the beginning it was Emmer, Emmer Brand and uh, Kala Butterfield. Uh, Emmer has been living in Malaysia for the past 15 years and uh, Kala moved from the UK to uh, Malaysia, I think a little over three years ago. And well, they both uh, were introduced respectively they were introduced to Parkrun respectively, I don't know, on their own and they got to know and they just contacted Parkrun at the same time, I think almost two, two and a half years ago. And, and you know, Tom Williams got in touch with Timo Berg and discussions were going on and so on. At this time, I was still in the UK. I was uh, pursuing my master's in law at... Uh, uh, the University of Manchester, so I I was foreign to this part of the of the development. So as uh, Emmer and uh, Kala unfortunately could not be with us here today, I I can't speak on that uh, on on that developments and uh, the infancy of Pakran Malaysia. But uh, when I came back in June 2017, I wrote a message to both of them that I would like to be involved and. Uh, I attended the first meeting on the 30th of August 2017 and that's how I became involved. So just over nine months ago, I would say, or less than nine months ago. And uh, respectively, we, we started liaising with uh, with the local council, which is Devan Madaraya Kuala Lumpur, and uh, we moved on from there. It was like that. Ema and Carla have done a lot of great work uh, to get it to where you got involved, Harry, how has the, it developed basically since you got on board in August last year? Well, the developments were perhaps perhaps it was it was good for both Parkrun and uh, and uh, the local council that you know Malaysians are involved because as what I understand, uh, only Emmer and Carla used to attend the meetings. Then I when I stuck. Uh, when I got on board, then I started attending meetings. We had others also joining us. So perhaps the idea uh, became much more uh, welcoming to the local council. Well, of course, I do not know, you know, perhaps this is how they looked at it. But we had a lot of obstacles. The local council uh, needed to understand the concept of park run, and we did our best to bring it across them. And uh, finally, uh, sometime in March or Feb- February, March this year, uh, they really, it really got off. They really understood the concept. They were very happy because initially they gave us Taman Pudu Ulu because Taman Pudu Ulu is a new park. Uh, 
for those of you that would be uh, uh, that would be listening, uh, Taman Pudulu is actually a very new park. It, they, there was an old park there, yes, Taman Pudulu, but uh, in 2017, Malaysia hosted what is called the Southeast Asian Games, where 11 countries uh, participate for glory. And uh, the Malaysian government refurbished uh, Taman Pudulu and installed the National Patang Arena. Patang is very famous in uh, Britain and France, I think more in France. And that's how you know Taman Pudulu got a new look. But it was still an underutilized park. Not many people use the park. They every biannually host an orchid and bonsai festival, but yeah, it was still classified by the local uh, council as underutilized. And they saw an opportunity for Parkrun to use the park and make it, you know, a utilized park. And I feel that we've had some uh, Facebook conversa uh, conversations with. Uh, with uh, the officers from DVKL and I think it's uh, it's very positive. It's very positive. They really like the idea and uh, uh, I'll, uh, it will not be surprising to see most of the officers joining us uh, in the distant future. That sounds fantastic and that sounds like what Parkrun should be doing. You, you had a few trials leading up to your launch. That would have helped build a bit of community spirit and got, get the word out amongst the locals. Yes, uh, we conducted, I think, seven trials for Taman Pudulu, uh, averaging around 17 to 20 participants with uh, sometimes six to 10 volunteers. People were already asking us before, what are you guys doing in this park? Oh, it's every weekly. That's great. There's no commitment. We can come uh, one weekend in, uh, in, uh, in April and another weekend in June. You know, there's no commitment. To come again and again parkrun is inclusive to all as well so uh, the community build we had the same people uh, coming week and week out there were same people saying no we want to volunteer and it's uh, it's really good and as far as i've seen uh, communication on uh, on social media people are getting very excited because you come here you just need to sign up uh, on parkrun for a barcode and you can run and get a time, you know. There's not many, many runs in the world that you you run and then you get classified on a website with results and so on. So it's it's of course it's a very early days for Parkrun Malaysia, but I I'm very confident that this is going to get kicked off because visitors from Singapore also said that at our very first run uh, there were many locals and I did uh, I did a bit of. Uh, I don't know, what would you say, a bit of statistic search. And there was actually 91 Malaysians involved out of the 129 that attended. And 74 people ran for the first time. So that really looks good for the community. And uh, Mel went on to show me how to see how many people have been registered with uh, 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 Taman Pudulu as their, as their home run. And uh, so far, I've seen... Uh, uh, earlier today, it was 325 with almost 150 people from either the Cheras area where Taman Pudulu is located or within Greater KL. And uh, that is really very positive, I think, for us. You mentioned at your trials you had between 15 to 20 people on average, Harry. 
obviously you got quite a few more runners than that at the launch. What were you expecting prior to the launch and, and what did you think when you had that many people show up? Well, of course, uh, as a novice uh, volunteer team, we are always nervous, you know, whether oh, we've only managed 20 people and now suddenly on the day you have 120 people six times more. You always have uh, some nerves whether you could pull it off or not. And I'm uh, very proud. I'm very proud of every of the 14 volunteers that day that uh, we did a superb job, that the signs were good, the course was good, and the reception after that, everybody saying positive things. Even reviews on Facebook say we are a five-star event. So it's, uh, it's really good. Leading up to it, Yes, there was a lot of conversation between me and uh, Kala and Emmer, uh, whether we could do it or not, even having dinner that night before. But I think we did a, we did a decent job. And it's great that we now, I think, have four to five new volunteers wanting to volunteer in the next uh, two weeks. Uh, and we will also have the Murrays coming back from their Easter break uh, in the UK to join us. So that, that would be really good. And I think... In a way, having runners to run a park run is a good way to build community. But uh, similarly, having the volunteers to join park run is another way to uh, build friendships and and uh, build a community in that area. We've got through the launch now, so the nerves should have settled down. What are you expecting for event number two this weekend? Uh, yeah, me and Emma, we had a... We had a post-mortem uh, between us uh, yeah, uh, today's uh, Wednesday. On Monday, we spoke a lot. And uh, perhaps my prediction, we would have less than 60 people. But you can never know. You can never know. You know, it might rain on the day and only 20 people want to show up. And it might, be, it might have kicked off over the next uh, two, three days. And we might have again 120 people. But I think we would be uh, well equipped. Uh, there was, of course, some, uh, uh, well, what do you say, like some uh, feedback from the runners on what could be improved. Feedback from even Mel, who is our Pakran uh, park ambassador to Taman Pudu Lu Pakran. And uh, we have taken that into consideration and I think we would be better equipped for event two, three and uh, moving on. You did get a lot of positive feedback from participants, especially, well, I didn't speak to too many locals, but I do know that a lot of the adventurers who were there and have had experience at a lot of other park runs around the world, they all were completely glowing in their praise of your event and your volunteers and the vibe, the atmosphere that you built on the day. Can you share with us some of the countries and, and some of the stories of the people that came to visit from other places? Yes, of course, uh, we had people from Australia, from Poland, from the UK, US and so on. Of course, I've been uh, talking uh, with, the Man with the Mannings and with the Curtains for a long time. I think uh, Paul Curtain uh, has been speaking with us since uh, the back end of uh, November last year on when we would launch and so on. And we had some obstacles that I I do not want to, you know, promulgate here today, but... Uh, we were going to launch at one point and then we could not due to uh, some, some some things that I, you know, I just don't want to bring back in my mind. But uh, it, it, was, it was really good to see that the people that we were speaking with so long ago 
actually made plans to come. So there was the curtains from Berwick Springs Park Run. There was the Mannings from Borel. Mannings even were one of the one of the two buggy runners. The other being you, Mel, to push their child in a buggy around uh, Taman Pudulu. And then uh, we had uh, Paulina and her boyfriend Andrej from all the way from Poland. And Paulina had already said, you know, she wanted to do a video saying uh, hello Poland, hello Tahir. Uh, Tehir Pakran is where she's from in Poland and then uh, there was also uh, some talk with other people from the US from Roosevelt Island uh, some from uh, Kemsworth Central in the UK from Coventry Pakran in the UK and uh, and then Hannah came I think Hannah is uh, I've even uh, written about her in the run report Hannah is from Pegasus Park Run, but she's from uh, Yorkshire and she knows Tom Williams, who is our global uh, COO. And she chose Taman Pudulu Park Run as her 300th Park Run. So she was the most senior Park Runner there in terms of runs. And uh, it was also a 150th different Park Run. Well, I don't know whether I'll ever do it in my lifetime, but it was, uh, it was really good that she chose Taman Pudulu Park Run. And she had a very good time uh, there. So it was great to see, you know, people from six, seven different countries coming to Taman Pudulu just for our launch. And uh, I really appreciate that. I also appreciate our local Malaysians and uh, expats who did join us. I, I thank every, every one of the 129 people there uh, last Saturday, as well as the 14 volunteers. I think that's massive. That's a massive turnout from adventurers and tourists from around the world. I think it's going to be a popular tourist destination. But I noticed, Harry, you're wearing a purple shirt and you mentioned that you've done a bit of park running in the UK. So what's your background in park run? Because you've obviously run a lot, but you've also volunteered a lot over there. Yes, uh, I started park run in October 2013 in uh, Cardiff. And I went on to do my first 30-odd just in Cardiff. And then I ventured out and I think at one point I had done all of South Wales. But of course, new park runs have popped up in South Wales, so I can't hold uh, that bragging rights anymore. But I have uh, ran in England and in Wales, in Ireland, in Sweden, in Denmark and Singapore. And hopefully, by the grace of God, one day in uh, Malaysia, and uh, Australia when I would be down there for the Pakran conference. So that, that's good. So I've done 101, that's the runs, and I put it aside. Uh, then uh, while I was uh, involved with uh, Cardiff Pakran, whenever I got injured, I sometimes uh, volunteered at Cardiff Pakran. But the, but the one that really put me to volunteer was Cardiff Junior Pakran, actually. And I was actually involved in the trial runs, there was only one trial run for the junior park uh, junior park run, and I think the out of the first seventeen junior park runs in Cardiff, I think I volunteered at thirteen of them. Uh, so that's how I got I got to learn a lot about volunteering. I did timing, I did barcode scanning, I did marshalling at the cowbells, I did marshalling at the turnings, and that's how I really thought that that you know you when you, you run park run, you applaud the volunteers. And you say, yes, it's good to volunteer. But when you volunteer yourself, then you know the importance, the real importance of volunteering. 
and there's some people in Cardiff Park Run, and I think uh, Park Run has done a story like Desmond Davies. I think if it's his, if I'm pronouncing it properly, he's like he's tail walked 325 times in Cardiff, and there's some in Cardiff who I think have been there from the very beginning, way back 10 years ago in 2008, and have never run Cardiff Park Run. But it's always there. There's one lady near the cottage who is always there. And I think she's done in excess of 300 volunteerings in Cardiff. And she's only, she, she, she doesn't have the, the, uh, the dream to run. She feels so happy waking up on a Saturday morning and coming and cheering five, 600 runners in Cardiff. And for their 10th anniversary, they had close to 1,200 people. So really, it's, it's not just about the running. It's also about the volunteering and it's also about the community. So it's really great to see how Park Run has really brought running from a competitive uh, arena because, you know, people, normal people like you and me and even the guys who are sitting at the couch would have never said, yeah, you know, I don't think I can do 5K. But Park Run has really brought it down to the roots and say anybody can do it you know anybody can run anybody can walk anybody can volunteer and see what running is all about and that's that's really i think the core the reason why i am in park run because i feel so involved in my community when i was in the uk when i when i'm now back here in malaysia and it is really really uh, fulfilling you know it gives a purpose of my life, of doing something in my life, like, wow, I'm part of a community. And everybody's so respectful in Cardiff, and I think already in Malaysia, you can see the community building here. Well, Harry, you've got one event under the belt now in Malaysia. What are the plans for the country for the future? Well, of course, I am. Uh, I think among me, uh, Imer and Kala, I think I'm the most... Uh, most keen to expand uh, as fast as possible, I think. But sometimes the speed is uh, the speed is not the best thing. But uh, we are in uh, we are in talks with uh, two other parties, one in Putrajaya, which is the administrative capital of the country, and one more is uh, in uh, Kuantan, which is another capital of another state or province or or region, if you want to if you want the equivalent in other countries. So we've already, uh, we've already engaged the local uh, councils and we've already had uh, two people spearheading uh, each of the areas. And uh, in Putrajaya, I think there's already a, a group formed and it's, uh, it's uh, really positive. But of course, uh, Malaysia is now uh, heading towards its 14th general election which is on the 9th of March, uh, 9th of May. So perhaps uh, the, the discussions with the local council will be a little slow until the conclusion of their elections. Uh, but after that, uh, it, it looks positive. And perhaps uh, at the end of the year, or maybe at the end of uh, the middle of next year, we might have another two events. So it's, uh, it's a future, future thing, and, uh, and it's uh, really exciting. But, uh, of course, at this moment, we have to put all our focus in Taman Pudulu and make it a great, uh, a great example for others to, to, to launch later on in the country. One thing I'm curious about, I've never been to KL, 
but I think it's pretty hot there. And I know that uh, hot doesn't always work really well with running. How are you going to cope with the heat or is everyone or all the locals just used to it? I think as what we saw at the launch, uh, most of the locals uh, were okay coping with the heat. Well, basically because we do start a bit earlier uh, when it's not so hot and humid. So we start at half seven. But I did see that some of the faster runners uh, did struggle a bit. Uh, but I think generally it would be... Uh, individual to individual and see how like for example i i myself also do the runs uh, in the evenings i think i recorded the first ever first ever freedom park run in malaysia uh, yesterday and uh, it was fine for me i finished it yes of course you do have that you know oh oh it's too much for me but then gradually you know when you keep on walking and then you do your stretches and so on it would be fine but it would, yeah. That, that, that's a thing that uh, me and uh, Imer will have to will have to sit down and also think, you know, for those visitors that we would have, as well as some locals that would, you know, really push themselves and then they would struggle at the end, you know, how, how what we would do and so on. So we haven't uh, come to a consensus yet, but definitely that's something to think about uh, moving forward. Well, I think you've got a few things to think about moving forward. One of them is how much fun you're going to have and how much <laughs> friendships and change you're going to see in people's lives. You're at the start of a beautiful journey, Harry, and I wish you all the luck and your team over in Malaysia. And thanks for joining us on the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. No, no worries. Thank you for having me. Surf Club, where I've tracked down Mudrabar Park Runner and now the sergeant in charge of Doomagy PCYC, Sergeant Mel Gilbert. Hey, hey Mel, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you? So we're down here with a stack of shoes. Why are we here? Tell us all about it. Um, so at the beginning of the year, we started the Doomagy Deadly Runners and Walkers uh, at Doomagy, and since then we've had I think we're up to over 220 different people come along to the Deadly Runners about 30 um, that have earned their singlet and to do that they have to come six weeks uh, not just they can't just come six times they've got to come for six weeks even if they come twice in one week that just counts as a week so then we've got over over 30 kids that have actually come along six weeks uh, and they've earned their singlet the issue we were having though is that some of these kids really wanted to come but because they were running bare feet barefoot they, they were getting injuries and then they weren't able to come for a couple of weeks because their feet were sore and so I just put a call out to all my running mates and the park run family and um, asked if anyone had any free love shoes that they could give away as a runner or I should say shuffler myself I have far too many pairs of shoes when a new one comes out that I like the look of and I knew that everyone else was pretty much the same so I knew there'd be some shoes out there that were going to waste and you guys have come through and it's amazing. So you've come down for the weekend. There was a bit of a controversy where you've taken to, uh, the runners to your home park run. Did well, they have a good time? They did. They had an amazing time. We all finished up the run. Um, there was a bit of a challenge on amongst them all about who would come in first. One of our supervisors come in, um, came in first. The two of the supervisors battled it out for first and second place. 
um, but the one that is going to the Uluru Championships in June was the winner and um, he keeps telling us all that every chance he gets uh, look you know everyone knows Kira Park runs beautiful <laughs> I'm not going to deny it nice out and back course maybe if you guys didn't make you run past the finish line and turn back around <laughs> then i would have taken them there but it's a bit disheartening doing oh madurabar is a good park run as well yes have uh, any of your runners done a park run before no that was the first time they even have done a park run so um that's probably the first time all of them have ever done five kilometers so at deadly runners because we've just started and running's a bit of a new concept to them um, we've just been starting off with short distances. So, yes, yeah, that's, that's the first time some of those guys have done 5K at all. Uh, and are we likely to go and see a parkrun ever established at Doomagee? Um, well, I can't say for sure, but I am in talks with Parkrun Australia, so we'll leave it at that. That sounds like a great tourist destination in the near future, so keep, uh, keep you... It's on the National 1 motorway. It's, it's if you're tripping around Australia, that's the highway you follow, so it's a perfect place to stay for a night uh, if we do start up a parkrun out there. Thanks very much for your time, Mel. Thank you. Great to hear from Emma Nicholson with her contribution to the pod this week. A bit windy, but uh, some important information or some interesting information about Doomagee and the deadly runners there. Exciting times for that part of Australia. It is. It'll be great to have an event in Doomagee. Definitely. Equally, it will be great to have an event at Pimpamar on the Gold Coast. And coincidence would have it, we're launching at Gainsborough Greens on the weekend, which is at Pimpamar. Okay. Not a random segue whatsoever. <laughs> Not and this one. Don't you like how I'm talking about Pimpamar, like I know where Pimpamar is? Well, I'm glad you're educating me because I had no clue. <laughs> I've learnt a lot about Pimpamar leading up to this launch, which is our final launch for the Embracing 2018. So the Commonwealth Games wrapped up and we're wrapping up the... Our legacy program? Yeah, 20 events. It's a fantastic investment. It is, isn't it? And, you know, one that's just going to keep on giving for a very long time. Yep. As the closing ceremony of the Commonwealth Games, we'll just keep on giving and giving for a very long time. I'm going to sidetrack. What's the word? Segway a little bit, Mel. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the closing ceremony? Uh, no, I was a little bit on a plane home from Malaysia. <laughs> oh, it was hilarious. Oh, hilarious. That's the words you're using. Okay. Give me, give me the play-by-play. Well, it was just so bad. And I was watching it with Yvonne. And I just couldn't help myself. I was, one of the, I was, I was being really bitchy. And I felt, I felt bad because everything that came on, I, just, I was very critical of it. But okay. it was just so obvious. And then at one point, they started singing Xanadu, a song that I love, I might have. <laughs> Great song. But God knows what relevance it's got to the Commonwealth Games and Queensland and Australia. Well, I guess it's got to... It was sung by an Aussie. Yes, but... And perhaps they'd heard about our quest for an X-Park run. Maybe. Some people are hoping to call it Xanadu. Look, they're all very tenuous links. But it was good to hear it again. <laughs> but oh my goodness, it's been it was it was universally uh, critiqued as a very poor closing ceremony. But don't let that tarnish the legacy of embracing 2018. Well, I won't because no. I didn't watch it. So yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm one of those oblivious people. Just as 
I would have to say I'm probably happy to have missed the live footage of the marathon and how that ended up for certain athletes because that seems to have got a lot of exposure as well. And uh, I don't know whether or not I would have been able to handle it watching it live. And I have purposely avoided looking at any replays of the footage as well because I don't think it would be something that is going to add happiness to my life. No, it was pretty hard to watch. But let's leave discussion and dissecting of that to serious running podcasts, shall we? That sounds like a really good plan. Yeah. I think we're better off discussing the values and virtues of the song Xanadu. And going back to happier things such as launches, parkrun launches. Yes. There's two more. Yeah, we've got a couple in, in states that don't get them as many as often I should say as other states Moana is launching in South Australia and Wanneroo is launching in WA so a three launch weekend this weekend talk to me about anniversaries there's got to be a couple of them on this weekend if people want to go and have a party there are there's quite a few more than a couple two times a couple we've got Augustine Heights in Queensland Cottesloe in WA and I'll let you read the last two, Scotty. Don't you just recall them from your memory? Do you read them <laughs> from a list? <laughs> I do, in fact. Okay. Well, I think it's, um, from, from my memory, it's Mackay in Queensland and Sale in Victoria. You have got an excellent memory. I do. It's one of my many features. It's what I com- I'm complimented on often. Is it photographic memory if the photo's in front of your eyes right now? What, um, you know what I've discovered, Mel? (laughs) Are you like remembering (laughs) the present? (laughs) What have you discovered, Scotty? Have you seen supermarkets? Have you seen, so are we we wrapped up for the week? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Have we entered the time zone where it's only the hardcore that listen to our blathering? Okay, good. I've discovered, have you ever seen in the supermarket aisle, the, the boom in breakfast bars? Uh, I actually skipped that aisle, I think, because it is half the aisle full of breakfast bars and whatnot. Bit of a humble brag, but um, I'll give you a, I'll give you a hot tip. Venture down the uh, breakfast bar aisle next time you're in a supermarket. Okay. Because they're delicious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and what specifically should I find there that is so delectable? Because they're marketing them as... Maybe it's just me, I'm starting to think. Maybe they're marketing them as healthy alternatives to breakfast, but they're just cookies. Oh, okay. An alternative to breakfast because you shouldn't be eating breakfast? I think cereals are getting a bad rap. They're too full of sugar and blah, blah, blah. Cereals are bad for you. So here, have them in cookie form instead. Yes, exactly. So they've turned (laughs) them into cookie form and called them breakfast bars and I'm sold. Well, because you can eat them on the go, see, they encourage exercise. Yeah, exactly. So it's that whole on-the-go liquid breakfast thing. Now they're just turning them into solids. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to revolutionize the way we do breakfast. And with you going to America, this is is another task for you. I hope you're taking notes. Uh, I, I always take notes. I want you to discover some breakfast bars. I want you to bring, bring me back some... Some new, the next hot thing in breakfast coming out of America. Because I'm sure they had breakfast bars before we did. You think they're ahead of the curve on breakfast bars? I think so, yep. 
They had they had red plastic cups before us. Are you sure it's not just Big Macs? Big Macs. Yeah, don't for isn't that what they eat for breakfast. I, to be honest, I don't have super high hopes of the food choices. Maybe I've just watched too many movies where they eat fast food. I yeah. don't know. It's a big country. You'll you'll find lots of selection. Trust me. Okay, good. Well, you know what. It can't be all bad food-wise. They they do have park runs there, so there are some sane people in the country. They've got supermodels and actors and sports stars. They can't be eating Big Macs for breakfast. So they've got to eat somewhere, and I'm putting you in that same bracket, Mel. Okay. Supermodel athlete. I like where you're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm, I'm going to a supermarket on the quest to look for breakfast bars. In America. So when are you heading off? Uh, what day is this? Uh, next Wednesday, Anzac Day, we head off. Okay, so what are we going to do? We're going to hear from you. We'll hear from you one more time before you head off. Yes, before that adventure starts, we, we've got a different adventure to have this weekend. Okay. And what's that? Remind me. Well, where are you coming to Queensland for? What are you coming to Queensland for, I should say? Well... I'm not coming to the Gainsborough Greens launch. As much as I love Pimpermar, <laughs> I can't make it. Okay. But there's what, what else could be happening if not Park Run Day? Let's try something on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Something new. Something, something different. Something new. Something new. Something different. Something a bit short in stature as well as distance. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. And on that note. Should we say goodbye? We should say goodbye. I feel I'm always saying goodbye to you, Mel. You never want it to end, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll chat to you next week, Scotty. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>